Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. Welcome to So That Just Happened, a podcast for those who have lost their person and want to find themselves. I'm Carly Cooper, a single mom, widow, coach, author, and chronic truth seeker. My superpower is finding the funny, the hope, and the silver lining in any shit situation. This podcast is for the purpose of education only and is not a replacement for therapy. If you need additional support, please seek out a trained professional for help with your specific situation. Let's get to it, shall we? In this week's episode, I had the honor and pleasure of talking with Lara Thomas, a facilitator who specifically talks about connections. She helps people discover what their needs and wants are by having intimate conversations with themselves and those around them. By doing this, we can pinpoint how to make changes to get us closer to those needs and then articulate our wants to others so we can have better connections. She believes self-development and discovery are the first steps to making this happen. To find out more about Lara, you can visit her website at www.larathomas.com or on Instagram at Lara Thomas. I'll put her links in the show notes. Hope you enjoy the interview. So hello, everybody. And this week, I have the honor and the pleasure of talking with Lara Thomas. And I am super, super excited to chat about this topic because it's all about self-awareness and connection with ourselves and then how we can deeply connect with others. And I think that this is so key um, because I strongly believe that in order to be able to move forward in our lives, whether you've lost your person or through death or divorce, or you just really haven't found your person yet, I think the key to really attracting that person in the healthiest of ways is really knowing yourself first and knowing what you want and having that clarity um, to, and, and not only clarity to be able to articulate it, but to have the courage and the words to be able to articulate it to somebody else. And even just to admit it to ourselves, <laughs> which I think is key. So hello, how are you? <laughs> Hi, <laughs> I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. It's my absolute pleasure. And thank you so much for reaching out. I'm so glad you did. Um, so I want to hear more about you and how you just were attracted to this topic and what makes you so drawn to it. And uh, so let's just start there. Yeah. I mean, I think organically through the years, I found myself really leaning into conversations with um, myself for sure. And those around me, my friends, uh, my clients, where it was, uh, I guess, these conversations were so like, how do you become a person that you feel comfortable with? How do you get comfortable in your own skin? And um, as I said, they were so organic, like in the field that I was in, we were always talking about being um, the best versions of ourselves. And so people would often ask me questions and I would, you know, be back and forth with them and um, kind of just figure out what is it that we do um, that allows us to figure out who we want to be and who we want to present ourselves as? Yeah. 
Yeah. So I think a good place to start is why do you think it's so important to have self-awareness and the deep connection with ourselves first? Why do you think that that is such an important place to start? You know, I believe that you, in order to have the most solid relationships with other people, you have to present yourself, your authentic self and not feel like you're editing, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's this, um, you know, you can feel it. You're uncomfortable, like with your hair, you're uncomfortable with your clothes, you know? And if you go into a relationship, whether it's a friendship or family members or whatever it is, not feeling comfortable in your skin, then there's this, there's not um, a real relationship or a real connection that you can have. You know, you're always worried about maybe what they're thinking of you or what they want you to be. And when you go in sort of feeling um, at ease, there's a lot of anxiety that can be relieved from just having natural relationships with people. Yeah, no, I completely agree. But I also think that it can also be scary in a way because I've always been, for whatever reason, I've always had a self-awareness and I've always been, I'm not going to say I've always been confident in my skin and who I've always, who I've been, like obviously through the years, different stages, different ages, different circumstances, you know, we all have insecurities and we all have like moments of like, well, many moments of self-doubt. Um but there's always been something within me that, um, and and I would say even since the passing of my husband and um, just doing more work on myself, I've my self awareness has become greater. But there is a flip side to that. Like while I would ha- wouldn't have it any other way, I also find that it's hard because there's a lot of people who don't have self-awareness. And when you're super self-aware, you're also aware of people who don't have it. (laughs) And that can be really hard to be around too. And so sometimes you might feel like, oh, I don't want to be the only evolved person in the group here. And it can be really hard to be that. And I'm not coming from like a self-righteous perspective, like that I'm me or anybody else who feels that way is better than anybody else. It's just a level of um, awareness and I guess self-reflection and and the work. So do you think that that also plays a part too of like some people who may feel like they might not like... Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like where it's yeah, like, totally. I mean, okay. I would say this. save me here, save me. No, no, I, I completely hear what you're saying. And I know exactly what you're saying. So here are my two parts to it. The first part is that, um, you know, you can't choose your family, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to manage and figure out how the dynamics in that situation go. However, you are a hundred percent allowed to curate the people that you choose to have in your life outside of that. And so as we get older, for sure, um, I believe it is your choice to be around the people that feel the best um, and that you feel your best with. And so there's nothing wrong with being your most authentic self with those people. And if those people aren't comfortable or self-aware, you get to choose if you want to be with them or not. Your friendships, your circles, like you can really curate your, your, your people. And so it's not your job to teach other people how to be self-aware. It's, you know, how do you fit into that? And how do you, um, 
see yourself in that environment. And if that works for you, then you go for it. And being self-aware doesn't mean that you have to cut yourself off from other people who may not be. If you're comfortable with those people um, and you love those people, then, then that's wonderful. And at the same time, you also have the ability to say, I'm 46 and mm-hmm. I don't want to be with somebody like this. I have yeah. enough going on on my plate. Thanks very much. I love you and I'm out. Yeah. Right. Like I really believe that. And I, I, I use the word curate and I, and I realize now saying it, I kind of like that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like you get to choose who your people are at this age and this stage in the game. Like there's no bullshit. Like, why are you pretending to be, it's, it's not high school anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And so- I just want to add, sorry to cut you. I just want to add, you, you said something in, um, we've said it a couple of times, but one of your earlier podcasts, you said something about unapologetically mm-hmm. and it's such a great word. So it, it fits into what you just said and asked so, so beautifully, because at some point we need to stop apologizing for the people that we are. And yeah that's part of self-discovery and that's part of being comfortable and valuing ourselves and the things that make us who we are. Not all of our makeup is going to be wonderful and glorious and sunshine. There are some things about ourselves that maybe aren't so amazing and being authentic means taking the good and the bad, and Mm -hmm. also saying that I don't need to apologize for who I am. And so I'm going to fit into your, your group. I'm going to be a part of you. You're going to be a part of me and our friendships and our, our partnerships and our, all of these wonderful things are going to be amazing. And that's okay with me. And if you don't like that, then maybe we're not meant to be connected. Yeah. And I think that that's a huge, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I've also felt that, um, I've always been very sensitive and I'm an empath and I didn't know that that was what I like the reason why I am the way I am in many ways until I would say really the last two years Uh, and I'm 49. (laughs) So I've had to really come to terms with that and all that that brings. And in many ways, it's such a beautiful thing because I feel things so intensely. And when it's positive, it's like there's nothing better. But when it's negative, it's really, really hard. And I absorb other people's energy and I I, I take on their shit even when I don't want to. And when they're not putting it on me, it's just that's how I am and who I am. And I've had to really come to terms with that and be unapologetic about my sensitivities and about, um, you know, my low energy at times and think, okay, you know what? I've had to really own that and create boundaries around that. And I'm still working on it. It's a work in progress because I find that the world is a beautiful place and it's a really fucking hard place, you know, at times. And so, I think that's where the unapologetic stuff comes in. And it really is true about finding your people. And sometimes it's about letting certain people go who aren't your people, or it's not necessarily about, you know, you have to divorce everybody or break up with everybody who doesn't fit like perfectly in your world. But I've had to really almost like put people in different 
buckets or boxes, you know, and like this person is really great for just like catching a movie and like keeping it light and superficial and other, this person I can go really deep with. Mm -hmm. And it's really knowing who's who. And again, it's not from a self-righteous, like I'm better than you and you can't go there, but it's like for my own protection of like not getting disappointed and not getting let down and thinking like, I'm going to go deep with this person, but they don't have the ability because of a million reasons. They haven't done the work or they don't, you know, whatever it is. Um, So it's just, it's again, that's part of the unapologetic, like really having the self-awareness, knowing who you are, knowing what works and what doesn't work, knowing what you need and all of that. And so I want to just ask you, like, what if you're not comfortable or you weren't taught how to be self-aware? Like, are there specific tools that we can use or or how do we gain those that skill or that uh, ability to, or to, to, to even know what we want and then to be able, be able to express that? Yeah, that's a great question. So as you were speaking, I was thinking to myself, these are actually the things that I'm starting to, or have always, but really more so teaching my children. So they are um, 11, 15, and 19. And my 15-year-old is um, in the middle of you know high school and learning. And I think that's exactly what I've tried to explain to her is that each relationship that we have in our life really does um, provide and fill us up with certain things and that you don't have to divorce yourself from all of your relationships if they aren't, you know, allowing you to be, you know, your free bird. And they do um, provide certain things like you were saying. And so I'm trying to say to her to recognize where everybody fits in and what value people bring to you so that you can um, maybe not give up all of yourself and then have the disappointment. And so that really goes back to your question, which is that what if we weren't taught? What if that wasn't modeled to us as children? And what if um, we didn't know any different or how to do that? And I think it's never too late. It's not something you can't uh, teach yourself or learn or practice. And the practice is, is a really key thing because there's something inside of every single person where you know where you feel comfortable. And if it's um, mental or if it's physical, um, you know, you get a pit in your stomach, your throat closes, maybe your hands sweat, you recognize things about yourself that you um, may not know um, how to um, articulate, or you may not recognize where, what mental um, part compartment that fits into, but you know, you mm-hmm. can feel it. And so just starting really small to say, like, when I'm here, wow, I am noticing this. When I'm saying this, I feel that. When I feel this, I'm thinking in this way. And it's really just saying to yourself, I'm going to start paying attention. That's it. 
Don't make it big. Just make it really, really small. I'm going to pay attention to how I feel, how I'm thinking, um, what happens to me, um, where do I want to be, where am I feeling most comfortable, like these small little areas. And then you take it to bigger steps. Maybe you start writing it down. Maybe you start making notes in your phone. Um, this happened to me today. Um, I'm triggered by these things, you know, and you just really slowly start to pay attention and you can also research, you can ask questions, you can talk to your friends, you can uh, talk to your parents if that's a relationship you have uh, to ask the type of questions. What do you notice about me? Um, how was I as a little kid? Um, when did I uh, behave this way? When did this start for me? Right? I have such anxiety, like people wouldn't know that about me, but I have terrible anxiety. Um, and I've ask my, my mom all the time, when did that start? Like, how mm -hmm. did, um, where did that come from for me? And then as I've gotten older, it's kind of like, what do I need to do in order to, um, make that better or make it easier on me when I'm in those situations, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's coming up with little tiny plans and researching and um, diving in, in so many different ways where you can just recognize what's happening. Yeah. And I also think it's important to, you know, find the people. And again, it's not going to be everybody, but find the people in your life or in your circle who you can, even if it's just one person, who you can share that with. Because for me, I also have anxiety. And I, you know, when it really was at its worst for me was in my twenties. And so that was back in a time, like in the nineties, when it was like, not talked about the way it is now. Like it was, you know, and I felt because I was always considered the strong one and the evolved one. And I been in self-help and personal growth in the, you know, I've been immersed in that for like 30 plus years. So I felt shame around feeling that. And I've obviously now I talk about it and, but I found that half the battle of anxiety, at least for me, is just being open about it because then it takes a lot of the anxiety away because so much of my anxiety was like, well, what if I'm found out or the humiliation of it? And if you can just sort of like, own it and and talk about it, then for me, at least, it takes away some of the anxiety that I might be feeling in a situation, you know, because then it's like, oh, they're not going to judge me for being weird or they're not going to like judge me for wanting to leave or whatever it is, you know? So I think that that's part of the awareness too. And the living unapologetically is owning your shit, like the good and the bad or not bad, but like the stuff that's difficult. And so what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I think, um, I think for some people that's really hard. I think that's going to be very difficult to do. So even recognizing what anxiety looks like and what anxiety feels like, right? We, it is very open and people are talking about it, but I don't know that everybody is in touch and self-aware is, is such a big word. I think even just simply being in touch with ourselves, um, is something that not a lot of people um, are comfortable doing, know how to do. Um, and so 
to say like, I have anxiety and I'm going to recognize it, or I'm going to talk about it, or I'm going to find a friend is even like a huge step forward, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For a lot of people, because they don't even know what that looks like. And that's why I was saying, just start really small by recognizing, oh, my body feels weird, or my throat is closing, or I, and, and then they can start understanding, is this anxiety? Am I uncomfortable in the situation? Like just really starting to learn about ourselves by thinking about um, if you literally think about your eyes looking inside, mm-hmm. right? So, and you, you know, when we look outside, we have all these, you know, you see um, a cupcake and you think, yum, you see a steak and you're like, delicious. Like everybody has a visual that then goes to their brain and, and now think about your eyes going inside. And what does that feel like? right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then when you're feeling a certain way, what are you thinking? Right. And it's this kind of circle that happens. And then when you're thinking this way, what are you doing? Right. And it's just a really small little thing that you start. And as I said, you can maybe write it down or even just acknowledging um, when I get in the line or when I'm drinking coffee, I like there's certain things that happen. What happens? What is going on inside my body? And when this is happening, what am I thinking? And when I'm thinking this, then what am I doing? Right. This is like a really nice um, exercise for people to learn a little bit about themselves. Yeah. And I think that this also goes in the category and it's such like a, a used, like a overused word right now with like self-care and like, but you know, I think that many people think self-care is like, okay, I'm going to go for a pedicure. I'm going to have a massage or whatever. But I think that this is all part of a really important piece of like, especially for women and moms and, you know, putting themselves last and, having to take care of everybody else and not giving themselves the time of day or like just going, going, going to the point of exhaustion and burnout and all of those things. And I think that there's like the stigma around taking care of yourself first because they think it's selfish or they think that, you know, they don't deserve it or there's no time or, you know, all of those things. But Again, I think that it's so important to have that self-awareness that you need five minutes or that you need a break or that, and again, that's part of the advocating for yourself. And again, I, I come back to the living unapologetically and owning what you need in that moment. And I think that we have to try and flip that selfish word on its head because And the way I've done that is to think, well, I actually think it's more selfish of me not to take care of myself because then I'm showing up as a short-tempered, bitchy, (laughs) overextended, like I'm not given the best version of myself and I'm not doing anybody any favors by doing that. And so if I just take that 20-minute nap, then I'm refreshed and I am not snapping at you or whatever. So that's how I've reframed selfish. For me, it's like, it's actually, it's not selfish, it's self-care. Do you have anything that you want to speak to about that? Oh yeah. That's (laughs) how much time do we have? (laughs) Um, Exactly. Can we stay here all day? Um, Yeah. So I have a serious problem with that. I mean, um, the fact that anyone outside would say uh, that that behavior is selfish really upsets me. And so 
I don't blame people for personally feeling that way. Uh, I can see why people think that. And so my, like, you know, one of my go-tos whenever I'm talking to people about stuff like this, because it comes up a lot is, you know, that saying, um, and I've said it before where, you know, when you're on the airplane and they're Mm -hmm. always like, you know, you put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you put it on the child or the person that you're, you're Mm -hmm. with. And it's an incredible example because it, I mean, just the basic, if you cannot breathe, Mm -hmm can you help or take care of anyone else? Mm -hmm. And so to recognize that you need that, um, that that's your life. Right. And so, um, to, 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 you know, yes, the self-care is, is a big word. Um, and it can be seen in so many different ways. Um, and so is getting a pedicure part of that. If that's your self-care, then, Absolutely. Why is anyone judging you or telling you that that isn't a part of it? You know, it's time alone. It's taking care of yourself. It's a treat. It's a lot of things. Um, And for some people, self-care is going to bed a little bit earlier. Um, Self-care is asking for help. Mm -hmm. It's raising your hand and saying, can you please help me? Can you take care of this for me? It's spending, if you can, um, $30 and maybe getting someone to walk your dog on a Saturday so that maybe you don't have to. It's, you know, it's really thinking about the the schedule and the life that you have and where can you fit in time where you can breathe, that you have that opportunity um, to put the mask on first before you take care of other people. And it is, it's not, I mean, important isn't even a good enough word. It's just not, it's like, it's it vital. It's, be, it's vital. It needs to be a deal breaker. Like yeah. to me, it is like, it's a deal breaker. If you are not okay, nobody is going to be okay around you. Yeah. And, and if you're not around people that support that, then that's a big, to me, a big red flag, because that's also, you know, part of them not accepting who you are or you living on your terms. But of, of course, it's not like it's a give and take, you know, it's also allowing your partner the time that they need, you know, the outlets that they need. And it's not just, you know, so I think that everybody needs to be seen and heard in that way and supported in that way. Right. Um, if, if you're with somebody or even just your kids or, and I think it's so important to, tell your kids that, you know, and to be able to articulate that because Mm -hmm. we're constantly carpooling and driving them to this and that, and they don't give a shit about our, like their, their world, where they're at right now. I mean, I have a a 16 year old and he's an incredible kid, but his his world still revolves around him. Like that's (laughs) just where they're at in that stage of life. Um, So I think it's important that we tell our kids that we're people too, (laughs) right? And that, yes, you are, you know, I am here and I'm taking care of you, but like you need to support me and me taking care of me also. And like, it's okay to say those words or maybe not those exact words, but to articulate what you need to your children as well. Yeah. You need to model that. 
I mean, I think it's really important that they see that you, it could be anything from, as I said, just taking a walk or taking a vacation with a friend, or if you are with a partner, taking the time together away from your kids, it's modeling that you, that self, um, that we are important as human beings and Mm -hmm. that uh, our thoughts and our feelings matter and that they see, you know, you always come back and they are important. You know, I, I want to just say this and I hope my son doesn't get embarrassed, but um, yesterday we, uh, we were doing Mother's Day and um, so happy Mother's Day happy and Mother's Day. to date the, the <laughs> podcast. But uh, anyway, you know, he's 19. So he, you know, he's not giving me the, the presents and the cards like the girls are, but he, I said to him, okay, buddy, tell me what you like about me. Give me good things. And he, he was being very playful. And then at one serious moment, he looked at me and he said, and I want to tell you that, um, you make me feel like I matter. Wow. And I just thought to myself, I, I literally later in the day said to him, I think that's probably one of the most important things anyone has ever said to me. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget it. Because, I just got chills. I have yeah, full body chills. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm not crying because I cried all day yesterday about it. <laughs> but I just thought to myself, like, can you imagine if your behavior towards other people allows them to feel like they matter. And so if we can give that to other people, don't we deserve to be able to give that to ourselves? Like, yeah. don't we want to teach ourselves that we matter? And so by doing things to take care of ourselves and recognize our needs and our wants, that that matters. And right? I think this is a whole other topic that we're not going to get into because it'll take us on a whole other tangent, but I think that it's so important because I think so many people are looking for that outside validation or love in all the wrong places. And I think that until we have that self-love, again, a term that's thrown around a lot, but so important, um, until we value our own self-worth and we have that self-esteem and of course, we're going to have days, you know, with the self-doubt, like, of course. But at the end of the day, like, I think it's so important that we find that within us first, because then it just changes the whole dynamic of other of your relationships, because you're not looking to others mm-hmm. to validate you or make you feel loved. Because the truth is, is if you have self-loathing, and you're looking to other people to fill those voids for you, you wouldn't even recognize it if it came crashing down on your head. Like you wouldn't even, you'd still find fault in it. You wouldn't believe it. And so I think it's so important again, to have that clarity of what you need, of what you want. And for me, I mean, when I met my husband, I was 19 years old and I wasn't at the time looking for a husband and and you know I didn't know myself the way I know myself now and I didn't have the life experience that I have now and so I just got lucky um you know I was with him for 27 years and we grew and evolved together but now and I'm currently in in a relationship for almost a year now and I I'm coming at this new relationship as a totally different version of myself than I was when I was 19 or even two years ago, (laughs) you know, and I've had to do a lot of this self-reflection, a lot of like, okay, I have a second chance that I didn't ask for, but here we are. And 
if I'm going to do this again, or if I want to try and find love again, there's a different set of boxes that I need checked and that I want checked. And so I had to sort of go through that process again of like figuring out, okay, as I am right now, what do I want? What do I need? What doesn't work for me anymore? You know? And so I think for many people who are in my situation, who may be listening to this, whether you're a widower or uh, sorry, a widow or, you know, divorced or just don't have your person and you want to find somebody. I think that you have to really look at who you are right now, not who you were 20 years ago or 10 years ago or even three years ago, but who you are right now. Because I find that doing this kind of work, we should constantly be changing and evolving. And I think it's important that we're constantly just checking in with ourselves and saying, okay, you know what? That doesn't work for me anymore. Maybe that was what I wanted two years ago, but where I'm at right now, like super hormonal, like, no, that doesn't work for me anymore. So yeah, anything. Yeah. And you know what, that can be very uncomfortable for a lot of people diving into um, self-awareness. It's like looking at yourself in the mirror. It's like bathing suit shopping. Like nobody ever said pure fluorescent lighting. It's nobody ever said that. Nobody's into that. And so, you know, it's very similar in that way that like really looking at yourself inside and thinking like, who am I? What makes me tick? What makes me comfortable? Uh, that's, that's not something that is easy. So, you know, for some people who, I mean, you and I are both that we've done a lot of work on ourselves in a lot of different ways over the years. Um, and so it is, comes a little bit easier to us Mm -hmm. for some people, uh, it is like totally foreign. So to be in a position like you're talking about, um, and then have to like deal with all of the things and also start to figure out who you are um, in a really scary time mm-hmm. uh, is very difficult. And so I think a really good thing to remember is to be kind to yourself and yeah. to be patient and to allow yourself, I think you've even said this, to feel it, to when you're feeling angry or sad or mad or do not try to avoid those feelings, right? Yeah. Like really like allow it to be like, do the ugly cry, sit in your puddles, you know, figure out what it is, um, be angry. Um, you know, as you've said, scream into a pillow, go into the bathroom, like figure out whatever's happening to you and allow yourself to be that way with kindness Mm -hmm. and tolerance and patience and really see how that feels. And when you sit in that space and you start to learn more about yourself, what does that feel like? Right. And, and just keep evolving from that place. Yeah. And really like, again, the, the kindness and the compassion really comes to play when you feel like you're, you're on a forward momentum and then you have a setback, you know, and it's like, well, wait, what, what happened? Like, and it's like, no, like I still like last week for me was a really super heavy week. I could go and I can analyze and I can try and figure out why, or I can just be like, it just was. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And when you're in it, it sucks and it's hard, but it's also like, you know, something I love to just remind myself of like this too shall pass. Like 
it's a season or it's a moment in time. And, and I found that like, once I just sort of allowed myself and didn't go into the analyzing and the trying to figure it out and like, sort of like the masculine energy approach versus the feminine energy approach of just like being in it and allowing and letting it like come and go, like almost just like clouds passing, you know, I can say that lightly now, but like when you're in it, it's really hard, but, um, but just the acceptance, the acceptance of where you're at in any given moment. And if you're feeling really great on a day where you technically feel like you shouldn't because it's the anniversary of, or it's a, a milestone date that should be heavy, but you're actually feeling great feel fucking great mm -hmm. on that day. Or if there's a day where you think, no, I should be feeling better by now. No, there's no by now. Like there's no timeline to this. And there's always going to be a trigger that happens at the most inopportune time because that's why it's a trigger. But just to allow that and to be okay with that and accepting, like you say, and have the kindness and the patience and the compassion for yourself. Because that's also a model for how other people can support you is just allow you to be in the mud. But I, you know, I find that it's important for me at least to tell people I'm in, I'm in the shit right now. And, you know, just letting you know, maybe you can help me, maybe you can't, but just allow it and don't make it about you. <laughs> Like just, it's not about you. It's yeah. About I, I can only imagine that must be very hard. I think people, and I know definitely supporting, um, family and friends and also being someone who's, you know, spent a lot of time in my own grief for most of my life. Um, you know, having had some serious trauma when I was a little girl and kind of living in that for a long time, it's the projection that people have on you about their opinions, about the way that you feel or think, um, it can be very hard. And so sometimes, you know, trying to say like, I'm supporting you or how are you doing? Or like, just even just like none of that, just like, you know, just here's a heart, love you. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it can be difficult. And I think one of the things it's actually in that DBT, which is dialectical behavioral therapy, which they talk about, which is really a brilliant thing to understand is that you know, there's three mindsets, there's logical mind, and then there's emotional mind. And we're usually one of those, right? Um, mm -hmm. And you know who you are, right? Obviously there's, and then there's wise mind, which is right in the middle of those two. And so to be able to get yourself out of logical mind where it's, you know, you're always trying to fix it. There's always a reason let's, yeah, buts, those kind of things, or the emotional mind, which is where I tend to be. Um, and just kind of bring yourself into a wise mind Um is really a great place to try and find yourself. So as you said, to try and figure out, you know, why I'm feeling this way and I'm going to analyze it and I'm going to, you know, none of that. It's like, I, today is just a bad day for me and I'm allowed to have bad days. Mm -hmm. I'm a human being. Um, and that's where I'm going to be right now. And at the same time, understanding that you don't need to stay in that space. Mm-hmm right? That you can acknowledge it, that you can say, here I am. And then you can say, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to reach out to a friend. You know, where are the places that I can go? What are the things that I can do to allow myself to encourage uh, a different place to be, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like, it's like you can feel it, but like, don't build a home there, you know, yeah. like just, you know, give yourself and it doesn't even have to be like, 
I'm going to give myself 30 minutes, but it's like, I find that because I used to repress all the time. Like I did not feel like I remember I went to some Reiki person, but she wasn't just Reiki. She was like deep, deep stuff too. And she's like, you have to just learn how to feel your feelings. And I was like, I Googled how to feel my feelings. <laughs> like I was just like, what does what did we that do before mean? Google? I, right. I was like, what does that even mean? And now I like feel everything like to the point where I can't watch any movie now without crying. It doesn't even have to be sad. It could be joyful. Like, but so I'm so in touch with it, which again is like, can be a beautiful thing. It's also like exhausting at times, but mm -hmm. so it's like, it is really like constantly, we are constantly a work in progress. Like, I don't think that we will ever get to this nirvana where we could just like put our feet up and be like, okay, I'm done. Like, you know, like I think if we're on the path of wanting to do the work and evolving and growing and which I recognize not everybody is and not everybody wants to be. And I get it because it's hard. It's really mm -hmm. hard. Um, but that's the path that I'm on and that's the path that I'm just have chosen and don't know any other way, but it's hard. Like it can be really hard, especially if you find, which I find, um, not with every, everyone, but that, you know, I'm, because I do the work and, and that's my choice and I, I don't want to be a victim and I want to always self-improve and find a way and find very solution based and, and all of that stuff. But it can be hard when there are important people in your life who aren't doing the work or aren't necessarily doing it at the rate that you're doing it or because they didn't grow up that way or they weren't raised to think that way. And so it, it's, it can be really difficult to allow yourself to be open and vulnerable and honest and all of that when there are important close people in your life who aren't on that path. So how do you have these difficult conversations or they don't even have to be difficult, but these big conversations of like what you need, what's important to you, the boundaries that you need to set. How do you have that conversation or similar conversations with people who might not even know what you're talking about? Oh yeah. That, uh, that's a great question. And I think that probably comes up for most people. I mean, I don't think all of us are like you and I are, um, mm -hmm. and have, and, and then have these relationships with the same type of people. So, uh, that's really difficult. So the very first thing I would say, and I really think this is important in life in general is to articulate yourself in the I place. And so what I mean by that is, um, it, it's, I need, I want, I'm feeling. And again, this goes back to everything we've talked about. How do you do that? And not come across as, across as selfish. And how do you, um, how do you, you know, it's, it's like, it's such a thing. How do I do that? But when you talk to somebody and saying, I'm really feeling this way and I need this. And, you know, instead of saying you weren't giving me and mm -hmm. you didn't feel this way and you, and it's really, uh, even with our children, right. To be able to say, I'm looking for a house that's clean. I'm like really just coming from a place where it's an I statement um, so that people can recognize what it is that you need. And going back to what we said again about 
who are the people in your life, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have to have these people in your life, if they are people that aren't going anywhere, this is a really great tool to be able to speak from your own point of view, which allows people to not feel defensive. Yeah. It allows people to not shut out uh, when you're talking so that they can hear what you're saying um, and recognize um, what it is that you're talking about in a way where maybe they don't have to do anything, right? Mm -hmm. Just to hear you. And so it's a lot of pressure, takes a lot of pressure off of other people. And at the same time, if there are people in your life who you cannot have these kind of conversations with, who don't need to be there, they're not feeling anything, they aren't a part of your family, that's the time where you have to recognize, like, do I do I really, like, I'll often say to people, history uh, can be really tricky when it comes to relationships, because you feel like because there's so much history, that they have to be a part of your life, when in fact, they may not actually bring anything to the table, they may not be, um, providing you and your life with something that's really um, meaningful. And so you have to take a look at some point as we continue to get older, we need to edit the people that are in our yeah. life a little bit because we change and our needs and and, the, and our wants are different. Mm-hmm. And so th- that's all kind of comes together in, in, in a big package. It's a lot. But, you know, if you can start with I statements and recognize that the people in your life are open to having those conversations and you're not asking anything from them, uh, I think it's doable. Yeah, I love that. And I agree. I think that it definitely cuts down on someone getting their back up and thinking, yeah. okay, now I ha- they have to be in defensive mode. And then it turns into an argument rather than a conversation. And I find too with, again, with the right people, it allows them like my vulnerability allows them to feel safe to be vulnerable as well. And I think that that is key for growth in, in a relationship, whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship or a dynamic between a child and, you know, a parent or whatever it is. I think that by you modeling the vulnerability and the self-advocacy and all of that, it can trigger, it's like, it's like the reciprocity thing, right? Like, it's like, sort of like, okay, now it's my turn to share, or I feel safe to share, or you're, by you doing that, it gives me permission to look deeper and to maybe share as well. And I find that that's happened as I've opened up I find that with certain people, not all, um, it's allowed them to go deeper as well. And I think that that's just only a positive thing. Oh, so- yeah. I mean, it's absolutely. It's very true. I think you, I mean, everything you just said is 100%. When somebody can feel your vulnerability and your emotion, um, it does give them permission to, whether they know it consciously or not. Right, Yeah to then um, be able to maybe share. Um, but for sure, when you're not putting someone on the defense, it it's their openness to hear you is so much greater. And while they may not be in the same place as you or be able to communicate like you do, or even recognize their own feelings, they're able to hear you, not just listen, but actually hear and digest what you're saying in such a bigger way. And so ultimately, isn't that what you want, right? Yeah. And I think the greater gift to that is the people that can't 
deal with it or accept it, they're going to kind of be repelled by you in a, in a good way, because then it's sort of like, okay, you just kind of confirmed what I already felt and we're not connecting anymore in the way that we used to or whatever. And again, it doesn't have to be a big dramatic confrontational breakup. It could just be like, okay, yeah, you served a purpose in my life. And maybe we can see each other once every six months, but it doesn't, you're not my person to check in with all the time because I'm not feeling the value. And again, it's not that they're bad and you're better or anything like that. It's just as we evolve, people will either grow with you or grow out of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like you just sort of like outgrow. So they'll either grow with you or you will outgrow the situation or the people or the relationship. And that's not always a bad thing. Sometimes that's a gift because I find that as I get older and more hormonal and less patient and more tired, I'm sort of like, my time is, it's not that it's limited because you can always find time for things that are important, but it's who I want, like who is going to raise me up? Who is going to support me and help me feel safe? I don't need, you know, the, a lot of people around me, but I want the right people around me. Right. And so I find that that's also not necessarily like a conscious, like, okay, you're cut out of my life, but it's just a drifting. It's like a, a gentle drift apart. And I find that the more you have an awareness of what you need and what you want and what's acceptable and what's not, I think you're just also just naturally going to attract and repel the people that are aligned or not aligned. And that's oh, yeah. a good thing. Yeah. And I, that goes back to what I was talking about with history is that sometimes, you know, history is, it plays such a like, you know, there's a hold, like you think this relationship needs to be, but you recognize over time that it, it isn't necessarily. And I think what's really important and another really subtle guide for you to learn about um, self-awareness and yourself, where you may not have to do a lot of work is how do you feel around certain people? Mm -hmm. When you're with certain people, how do you feel about yourself? And that's always a really good intuitive um, way to recognize what you need around you and the type of tribe you want to build. Yeah. Um, and you don't even have to, it's not like, Oh, today I'm going to say, Oh, did I like being with that person? It's not that it's really it's unconscious feeling. feeling and thinking and recognizing what does that feel like being around other people? And that goes back to what I was saying earlier, right? It's yeah. just, it's such a subtle thing, like thinking about how do I feel in certain situations? And then it's also, loving yourself enough to listen to that because it can feel really hard because like if you're on this path and you're like, oh, um, what if I discover something about myself that I didn't, that wasn't who I was 20 years ago when I attracted this group, but maybe I'm the only person now who doesn't really fit. And that can also feel scary and isolating because now you're no longer part of the pack, let's say, and you, the, the idea of not being part of something can feel scary and isolating. So sometimes we compromise what our true feelings are, or what we know to be true, because 
we don't want to be lonely or left out or whatever. But then when you're actually in it, you're like, nah, this doesn't fit either. So I think it's important to have like, but so, but what would you say? Like if you, if you really started to dig deep and gain some awareness, um, but then you find out, oh, like I don't fit or where do I fit or the, the people or the groups, like I've outgrown them now. What, like, what do you do about that? That's really, really scary. And it brings up a lot of insecurities. Um, and that can be a really hard place to live in. And I think recognizing that valuing ourselves and valuing how we feel and honoring that always has to be a top priority. Mm-hmm. So really allowing yourself to digest that and giving yourself permission to, um, that's another actual mourning and loss when yeah. you realize that um, this place that you once were, or this friendship that you once had, or this group that you once belonged to, you don't anymore. Mm-hmm. You have to really value that that feeling is important and start to take small steps to relieve um, and release yourself from that place. And that's where you have to rely on um, the support of other friendships um, where you can talk it through with other people and say, um, I used to be a part of this book club and I don't like these people anymore. I'm not feeling comfortable as in this group. I'm wondering if maybe on Tuesdays you'd be willing to go out for a coffee with me um, mm-hmm. at that time was you know they met at 3 30 making other arrangements for yourself um, yeah. planning um your manicures at that time um taking yourself out of the group chat or the instagram group um, really recognizing that you are in control and that the choices that you make need to be the best for your um your your safety, I guess, right? Like yeah. your, like, how do you protect yourself from a place that isn't working for you? Because nobody's going to take care of you like you are. Yeah. That's a really important thing to remember that um, you, you're never going to be taken care of the way that you can take care of yourself. And so starting to figure out what that looks like and the things that you can do to do that, um, that's a part of self-discovery. That's a part of learning uh, about yourself and the things that you need. And so in those situations, really coming up with a plan like uh, of what you're going to do in order to soothe and put yourself in a safe position is really needs to be a priority. Yeah, I love that. And I would also say, you know, it's important to date yourself because um, for me, and this is just maybe my own thing, but- I think it's actually lonelier and harder to be around people that don't jive with me or that I don't feel good around than to actually be by myself. Like I would rather be by myself than be surrounded by the wrong people that I don't feel like I can be me with. And maybe other people don't feel that way. And I, and I'm not saying I never put myself in those situations, but when I'm in those situations, I'm very quickly reminded (laughs) why I don't want to be in this situation. And I would rather entertain myself and do my own thing than be amongst the wrong people. And so, but that has come with a lot of 
self-reflection and a lot of self-awareness. And, and I, so I'm not saying that everybody's there right now, but for me, that's, you know, that's where I would rather be. And so, um, yeah, so I love this conversation. I feel like we could talk for 18 hours. Um, is there anything else you want to add or share uh, before we hop off? Yeah, I would say for me, I, I agree. I feel like we could talk like endlessly. Um, <laughs> I, I would say the most important thing I hope people take from, from this conversation is um, I would say, what what are the thoughts behind your feelings? Mm-hmm figure out how you can recognize them. Don't be afraid if they're not a comfortable place for you to sit in and that valuing yourself and putting yourself first is okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Yeah. I love that. I love it. So Lara, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, where can, I'll put this in the show notes, but where can people find you and how can people work with you? Uh, I'm on Instagram at Lara Thomas. I have a website, larathomas.com and people can reach out. Um, all my contact information is there and you know, I look forward and I'm happy to work with anyone who is willing to, um, work with themselves. Amazing. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure. I've loved every second. Thank you for your wisdom and your insight and your thoughts and your good energy. I love it. Um, So thanks. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. Bye for now. All right, my friends, thank you so much for listening to this. So that just happened podcast. I really hope you found value in this episode and that you're walking away with at least one golden nugget that you can implement or feel inspired by. I would be so grateful if you would share it with one friend or family member who is committed to moving forward and transforming their life. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode and please leave me a review. It would mean so much to me. Also, follow me on Facebook and Instagram at at Coach Carly. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.